Linnaean. The Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society of London. 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 Linnaean Society of London. Hi, my name is Fiona Markig. I've recently been finishing a PhD at the Zoology Department of Trinity College Dublin under Professor Nicola Marfels and Dr. David Kelly on sort of evolutionary biology and speciation, which is the part of evolution that leads to the new species evolving and splitting off from each other. For my PhD work, we were studying kind of different bird populations on different islands mainly. So that was our study system to explore questions of how those environments lead species to split off from each other and evolve into new species. Not all birds do sing. Uh, if you think about a pigeon or something like a penguin or a parrot, it doesn't sing the way that like the robin in your garden does. In fact, it's only one kind of subgroup of the whole bird group that has the specialized body parts and organs to be able to sing that way. Uh, they're called the songbirds or the ocines, uh, scientifically. And part of the reason we associate singing so much with birds is that that one subgroup is by far the most successful and kind of widespread subgroup of the birds. Um, there's about 10,000 species of birds known and described scientifically. And I think about 4,000 of those belong to the ocines group. So about 40% of all the bird species that we know about are songbirds. So the singing that they do is part of their lifestyle and their kind of strategy for dealing with their environment. And that has been so successful that they have split into all these different species all over the world. An ornithologist will distinguish between the different vocalizations that a bird will make because they have lots of different kinds for lots of different purposes. There's lots of different reasons why they will vocalize and make different sounds. When we say song, we're usually talking about a complex kind of an acoustic signal, which is generally used to establish their territories, hold their territories, and advertise for mates. A sunbird is a type of songbird belongs to that widespread group of singing birds. It's a tropical family within that. And they're these very small, very beautiful little birds. They're very small, in fact. The ones that we are studying, they weigh less than 10 grams, something like eight grams. And by the standards of that family, that's not even all that small. There's other species that are smaller again. So they're really tiny little things. And then kind of the last thing about describing them is that you really have to note that they're really beautiful, really colorful little birds. They, same as the hummingbirds, they often have these kind of very bright plumages, almost a kind of a metallic look to them, kind of shining in the sunlight, kind of um, iridescent plumage, that's called. And it's something that you really can't help but notice. They're like little butterflies or something flying around in their habitats. They're really beautiful. They occur in the tropics in sort of Africa, Eastern Africa especially, mainland Asia, and then the islands all the way through the Indian Ocean, so around Madagascar and those islands, through Sri Lanka and the Maldives around there, then through Indonesia and Malaysia and that Southeast Asian kind of archipelago, which is where our study is mostly based, and then species go all the way on then to Australia and some of the Pacific Islands.
we are looking in particular at summers that occur around Indonesia and the islands around there, which is one of the most interesting parts of the world in terms of evolutionary biology. It's an incredibly geographically, biologically and culturally diverse part of the world. There's tens of thousands of islands of all different kinds of shapes and sizes, really complicated geology, which has led to both um, all this wild species of plants and animals evolving in all these interesting ways and also you know huge amounts of cultural diversity hundreds of different languages spoken on these islands and everything uh, so this was part of a long-running collaboration between an indonesian university in kandari and sulawesi and trinity college dublin as well and we were interested in particular on what kind of evolutionary effects that living in this part of the world would have on these sunbirds we were getting kind of genetic data and measurements of the birds' bodies and things like that by misnetting them, which is a very uh, carefully done technical way of catching a bird, measuring it, taking samples and letting it go. And then at the same time, taking acoustic recordings using just a, just a handheld sound recorder, basically, where as long as you know the species and you know what's singing, you can go out and point this thing at a, at a bush, basically, where a bird is singing or calling and get a recording of it. Uh, there was also a parabolic reflector going with it, which is this kind of big plastic thing, like a satellite dish, which we would use to sort of hone in on a certain sound and isolate from the rest. So that was a pretty awkward thing to be carrying around uh, on little boats and everything. It was uh, about as wide across as I am nearly, uh, and that was the, the sound recording device that we used. As we were kind of discussing a little bit earlier, the songs of the vocalizations are such an important part of these birds' ecology that once you can demonstrate a difference between two populations in these vocalizations, it's quite good evidence that something is going on dividing those populations and causing them to evolve differently. It's especially the case with the songs, the more complex sounds, because those are used in mating. So if one population is singing in a way that the other population isn't going to recognize, that's pretty good evidence that they're not breathing with each other. And that's ultimately what we're looking, what we're talking about when we're talking about the evolution of species. We're talking about populations forming that aren't interbreeding with each other anymore and that aren't able to anymore after a certain point. So the kind of um, modern methods that we use, it requires those digital recordings that you make with your little handheld recorder and the big parabolic reflector and then analyzing those on a computer. So whereas ornithologists for hundreds of years would be going out and listening to birds, we're able to analyze them more statistically and more technically now. So there's actually specialized programs on the computer that are just for this, where you feed the recordings into them and they kind of visualize them for you. They produce this, this gram called a spectrogram where it basically converts the sound into a shape. So if it gets higher at the end, you'll see a shape that goes up at the end. And it's really a graph of frequency on the y-axis against time on the x-axis. And then the intensity of the signal is represented by a color. And once you're familiar with the birds and how they're vocalizing and the other kinds of sounds in the environment, you can look at these and pick out the parts of the sound that you're interested in, the parts of the recording. So obviously there will often be background noise. 
Uh, we were often recording near villages, so there would be roosters in the background, maybe uh, small kinds of mopeds and cowbells and sounds like that. And obviously there'd be insects in pretty much any wild ecosystem as well. Um, so you feed all that into the computer. The program helps you isolate the bird itself. And then you use other programs to statistically analyze the what frequencies they're singing at, the bandwidth of the calls and the songs, how fast they're singing, things like that. And it's able to tell you what the difference is between one population and another, which then is evidence of speciation of the evolution of a new species. Even within one species, you start to get kind of dialects and accents evolving in certain species of birds, especially ones that have quite complicated songs. And yeah, it is a way that you can look at um, because some of the same factors in the evolution of language lead to the evolution of uh, differences between these animal populations, right? And these new species evolving. It's an interesting comparison with Indonesia, especially because it has uh, more spoken languages in the human population than almost any other country in the world. And part of the reason for that is the same reasons that led to so many different animals and plants evolving. There are lots of different islands that are separated from each other, lots of mountains and things dividing people up as well, which leads to, to new dialects and new accents and new languages evolving between different populations. Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society of London. 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 London.